back, Cracked fans, to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. In case you haven't already heard, our Crack Rackets team is thrilled to be able to play a part in an inaugural ATP Challenger event happening this summer. The Cranbrook Tennis Classic, happening July 2nd to July 9th, is officially coming to Bloomfield Hills, Michigan. Our Crack Rackets team is amped to be providing on-site media coverage of the event will be there as all the action unfolds. I'm fortunate enough to be able to play an MC role for the event as well. And look, 30,000 foot view, it is always a delight to see another ATP Challenger event put on the calendar. Always a delight to see so many players from around the globe have that opportunity to compete against their peers, to try and prove themselves, to try and continue their ascension up the rankings. But More personally than that, this is happening in my hometown. My parents live 10 minutes from Cranbrook, which is where this event is taking place. I have competed at Cranbrook many times over the years. Now, I've never competed formally at their brand new state-of-the-art facility, but I have hit there with my cousin, with my younger brother. I can tell you it is absolutely gorgeous. And if you are a listener of this show who lives in the Southeast Michigan area, clear your calendar. Some of you may already have July 4th plans, but after that, again, July 2nd to the 9th, this event happening at Cranbrook's new facility. It's going to be a delightful ATP Challenger event, and on today's show, I am joined by tournament chair and co-director of the event, David DeMuth, to talk about the origins of this Cranbrook Tennis Classic. We get into why it was important for him to bring a professional tennis event back to the Southeast Michigan community. We talk about that brand new Cranbrook facility, why it truly will be such a joy to have a professional event played at such a, again, pristine, in such a pristine place. He talks about the sponsorships it takes behind the scenes to put this together. Of course, we get into the field, and boy, with players like Kane Shikori, recent NCAA singles champion Ethan Quinn, and so many other players we've been so fortunate to get to know over the years here at Crack Rackets in the field. I'm amped. I'm so excited for this event. So excited we're going to be able to be on the grounds. Can't emphasize enough how grateful I am, how thankful I am uh, for David DeMuth for bringing this event back and, again, for allowing our Crack Rackets team to play a small part in the event. So, again, fantastic episode for all of you listeners today with tournament chair and co-director David DeMuth. I am certain all of you listeners are going to enjoy it before we get to it. A shout-out, as always, to all of you who listen day in, day out. If you're looking for a final Bo on the 2023 French Open. Head on over to our mini break podcast feed if you're looking for the final bow on the 2023 college tennis season. The Great Shot podcast feed is for you if you're looking for some live tennis this weekend. We've got you covered as well. We'll have our continued coverage of the USTA SoCal Pro Series. That, of course, continues every Saturday, Sunday, for free on our Crack Rackets YouTube channel. We've had Fangrand Tien win a title. We've had so many great titles. I mean, again, we've had what eight different champions singles doubles over the past two weeks all of them fun storylines you want to watch it all as it unfolds if you want to see who the next stars are perhaps some of these players will be competing in Bloomfield Hills come July so be sure to check out our coverage of the USTA SoCal Pro Series and be sure to check out everything we're doing by heading to our website crackrackets.com like rate subscribe review share with your friends we appreciate it and of course we also appreciate the support we get from our friends at Turna now Everyone can identify a turn 
Turner grip. You see that iconic trademark blue. You know, yep, he's using Turner. She's using Turner. You should be too. If you've ever wondered, is Turner the best in the business? Just look at the longevity. Look at how they dominate the market. Look at the fact that every other company tries to replicate it. No one can. The best news, Turner's not resting on its laurels. They continue to improve their product in the new Turner Tough Grip. It's the best grip I've ever used. It retains the tackiness, the, again, it retains the essential properties of your basic Turner Grip. It retains that iconic blue color as well, but it's just modernized. It's just better. It lasts longer. It's durable in the heat, in these summer, humid conditions, regardless of where you live. So you can find Turner wherever you shop. Be sure to turn to Turner Grip today. With that said, let's get to it. Here's my conversation with Cranbrook Tennis Classic Tournament Chair and Co-Director David DeMuth. Joining us on the podcast is the man responsible for bringing pro tennis back to my hometown. You'll all know him best as the Cranbrook Tennis Classic Tournament Chair and Co-Director. Welcome on to our show, David DeMuth. Now, I'll be honest with you listeners. I happen to know David, or as I refer to him, Mr. DeMuth, as his son competed against my younger brother. So I don't know. Do I go with David? Do I go with Mr. DeMuth? Either way, it's nice to see you. How are you doing today? I'm good. Let's go with David, okay? Okay, that works for me. You know, again, my parents raised me well, so I wanted to bring the manners here to start. I know my mom will be listening, and if I called you David from the start, I'd get a slap across <laughs> the face. But obviously, a pleasure to have you here on the show, and let's just get right into it. Bringing pro tennis back to the state of Michigan, or at least to southeast Michigan, what does that mean to you? Why was it so important to you to make that happen? Yeah, look, it 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 was something I've been thinking about for a while, and I I had always been a little bit surprised that there was no pro tennis in Michigan. You know, as as I like to say, we have a a large, thriving, and diverse tennis community in Southeast Michigan, and to have no pro, pro tennis in a market of our size with the type of tennis legacy that it has, it just seemed a bit like an injustice of sorts. So it was a thing that I had been thinking about probably for five or six years and had talked to a couple of different types of people about it, was never really comfortable with the situation. And really the other thing too, there was no logical venue for it uh, until, you know, the new <laughs> Cranbrook facility emerged. Yeah. No, I mean, you're absolutely right. And for listeners that don't know who aren't I suppose, raised in the history as I was, the big players, of course, the Cricksteins, the Washingtons, the Martins that all came out of uh, the Michigan or Lansing area. And while I should acknowledge what happens in Midland, but those of us from Michigan know Midland's a state away. And so it's so hard to get to that pro tennis action. But, you know, you talk about that interest coming five to six years ago. Is it a five to six year process? Certainly, I imagine getting the Cranbrook courts together up and running and, you know, applying for a challenger circuit event. Take me behind the scenes. What does that process look like? Yeah, well, it, it, maybe it was a, a five to six year mental process, but it's going to be about a three month process putting the whole <laughs> thing together because um, it came about pretty quickly. But I, I guess I would say it's sort of the 
sort of at the intersection of of a number of things that were going on. First of all, for me personally, I'm super passionate about tennis and I like to find opportunities at the intersection of things that I love to do and giving back to the community. So that was kind of the the genesis of it. Um, you know, then getting the Cranbrook facility built um, was kind of a big piece of the puzzle because that gave us a logical venue uh, to do the tournament. And basically what happened was I had had the vision to build this new tennis complex at Cranbrook. If you recall, uh, there were kind of four old courts shoved back there. And a long time ago, there was a bubble over them, a, a well-traveled bubble, because I think it went to Wesson and then the BOH or something like that. I Maybe they finally retired that bubble. I don't know. It might be at a club in uh, Petoskey or something. <laughs> but um had the vision to 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 create the complex um you know cranbrook has a wonderful tennis heritage it's you know i think as i was saying to somebody the other day i think it's probably the winningest program at cranbrook in terms of state championships and things like that so it seemed like to honor that uh, a new facility that was really world class would be a great idea I had been to the facility and you've probably been there at Hope College in on the west side of the state it was like, man, this thing is really cool. It's beautiful. Something like this would work at Cranbrook. So I went to the leadership of Cranbrook with a picture of that facility, uh, an idea to do something like it at Cranbrook and what I like to call some seed capital, uh, <laughs> which grabbed their attention and the planets aligned. A number of other very, very generous families came forward, um, more generous than me, uh, and <laughs> we raised the money quickly. And the other thing, the school was great, was really committed to the idea. And we got it done really from the beginning of me bringing the idea to the thing being open in less than three years, which was pretty amazing, particularly at a place like Cranbrook, where there are many opinions and particularly if you're doing anything from a design or architectural stand, uh, standpoint, the standards are very high and a lot of people have to say yes. So we were able to get that done quickly. And then when that fell into place, you know, I connected it with this idea I'd had for a while to bring a pro tournament. I just, uh, my, my friend and I'm sure friend of yours, Harry Jaden, the Michigan State head coach, connected me to some people at the USTA. I wrote them a letter. Um, they summarily dismissed me uh, at, at first. Uh, I wrote them another letter, sent them some more pictures and uh, got their attention. And then what really sealed it was they sent uh, the USTA pro circuit supervisor, Brad Taylor, who's a friend of mine out to look at the facility. And I think he went back and was like, wow, this place would be perfect because not only do we have the courts, which are beautiful, we have the whole infrastructure of the school. Um, we're going to use the ice arena for the locker rooms and fitness and all that kind of stuff. Thankfully, the ice is out in July, so it won't be freezing cold in there. Um, so yeah, so, so it all kind of came together um, that way. And, you know, we're pulling the thing together in three or four months. No, it it's... So remarkable to hear, and just so our listeners know, I have been to the facility, both facilities you mentioned. So my senior year 
and I think my freshman year, they played states at Hope College. That's where we were in the three-year cycle, as you're familiar with how Michigan high school athletics works. I guess that's a brief tutorial for our listeners. That it, So the Hope College facility was the model for you all. And you talk about that sort of outdoor facility not existing in Southeast Michigan. I happen to be familiar with the facilities. I very much agree with that assessment. Why? I, because I, your passion for tennis is so evident, and I know our listeners will have heard that already. What do, what do you view, just to elaborate on that further, because I agree with you, and I'd love to have that conversation, the importance of having an outdoor facility like that in the community, you know, why was that so important to you in particular? Well, look, I thought it would give the school a great opportunity to host bigger events, not just pro events, but whether that's the state championships or the regional championships or the Catholic League championships, which Cranbrook competes in. It's just a great showpiece. And, uh, you know, if you know Cranbrook well, it it really opens its doors to the community. And, you know, there's all kinds of people playing back there all the time. And I just thought I thought that that would be an amazing thing and a real kind of put the school forward, too, in terms of modernizing their athletic facilities and and featuring the the beauty of the campus, which is it's it's an amazing place. Mm-hmm. Now, it, it's gorgeous, and it's funny. You talk about those old four courts that the new stadium has replaced. I always called those the middle school courts because that's where you played your <laughs> middle school matches. For those that haven't seen the facility but will get to see it on the stream, talk to me about the setup. How many courts do we have? Talk to me about, again, all the detailing I know went into building this facility. Yeah, it's it's eight courts, so two banks of four with an elevated viewing platform in between them. And then a bit of a a center court with some uh, concrete steps that serve as stands and we'll be bringing in bleachers and stuff there. But um, it's just a beautiful set. And the courts are set in the middle of kind of a very bucolic atmosphere with gorgeous trees surrounding it, a little river running through the back of it. Um, So you couldn't ask for a nicer setting to play tennis. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm, for the record, putting bucolic in my arsenal of words. I'm going to drop that on a podcast later today, so I appreciate that. But it is gorgeous, and, you know, again, to have a pro event in the community, you talk about your passion, trying to give back to the community. Talk to me again about what you think having this pro tennis can do for this Southeast Michigan tennis community. Well, look, like I said, the 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 tennis community in Southeast Michigan is thriving. It's diverse. And it's large. So for me, the biggest thing was giving kids the opportunity to see professional tennis, world-class tennis up close and personal. Like we keep saying about the the tournament, this is world-class tennis in an intimate and beautiful setting. Um, So I thought like to inspire kids and we, uh, one of the benefactors of the tournament is the Palmer Park Tennis Academy in Detroit getting those kids up there, getting the kids that are in, you know, the Heat Tennis Academy or over at Bloomfield Hills or up at Wesson or any of those places, bringing them out and also bringing the high school kids out too, I I think will be great. You know, in a lot of states, high school tennis isn't a big thing. As you know, in Michigan, it's huge and a ton of kids play and the level is really high. Um, So inviting those kids out and getting them to see, uh, 
world-class tennis up close and personal, I think is going to be a really special opportunity. Not everybody, you know, not every kid gets to go to the U S open every year or, or even to Cincinnati or a tournament like that. So, you know, I think this will be very, very special and will inspire kids to, to play, to work hard and to dream big. Yeah. I think half the reason I'm excited is to see some of the coaches in the area show up and like, you know, the Steve Hurtuizas, the Ed Nagels, the Armin Molinos, all these guys who were really good players their own back in the day. They're going to be chomping at the bit watching this action. And no, trust me, I, I've been I've been making my way out to the courts, handing <laughs> out T-shirts and hats and getting them to promote. Armand, Armand and Steve were both at my son's graduation party on Sunday. Uh, so they're all pumped. Everybody, the tennis community is really excited. And I've been blown away by the amount of people that have contacted me, they want to volunteer, they want to help in some way. Um, I think we have now, we're up to over 20 sponsors of the tournament. And those are everything from small local businesses to global corporations uh, that are involved with the tournament. And, you know, it, 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 we've sold almost 500 tickets already. Mm -hmm. So the, the excitement seems to be pretty palpable. And now we just have to pull it off. So. No, that, that's the fun part, I promise. And to your point that you have made about putting young players in positions to see these pros up in person, I couldn't agree more. I think that's everything. And for someone like me who is passionate in Southeast Michigan, I was able to find my way to Ann Arbor for a college tennis match to watch some high-quality tennis or, you know, fortunate enough, my parents – for me, it was with the Fliegners, who are essentially another set of parents for me. We're like, get in the car. We're going to Cincinnati. Let's go watch. And so that was always awesome. But it's different when it's right in your community, when it's 10 minutes, 15 minutes away. And this is going to turn into a compliment for the new facility. <clears throat> Excuse me. It is gorgeous viewing. It, to have the opportunity to, again, just have the seating that you guys do. You're absolutely right. An outdoor facility like this doesn't exist and. Whether you're watching outdoor matches, I'm trying to think of all the relevant outdoor, you know, whether they're playing a tournament BAC or they're playing a tournament out at Schoolcraft or they're playing a tournament wherever it may be, the outdoor bubble at the Sports Club West Bloomfield. Got to give a shout out there because that, you know, 14's my home court. I, I think I hit puberty on that court. Um, you're watching through a fence or you're sitting on foldable chairs. And I just I do want to say to any Southeast Michigan tennis community members that listen to this show that's just not the case at this new Cranbrook facility. You're going to get to watch high-level tennis, but best of all, you're going to do it in elite comfort, in a beautiful area. And you talk about the sponsors that you've had because that's always the dirty secret for any event like this. You don't have to give away the entire treasure chest. And I know a lot of this comes back to what you do professionally. But for those wondering, this sounds like a great idea. I want to do something like this in my community. How do you go about generating that sponsor? Uh, sponsorship interest so that you can go about putting on an event like this. Yeah. Well, look, uh, as you alluded to, I, I have a day job that, <laughs> um, you know, I, I run a bunch of advertising agencies and PR agencies and things of that nature. So, you know, I understand a little bit about building a pitch yeah. deck and, uh, you know, have been known to be reasonably compelling and convincing. Um, but look, you just, you, you, you know, look, I, I love this quote, from Arthur Ashe, I, I use it all the time. Start where you are, use what you have, do what you can. And that was basically the case with this. So we put together a pitch deck and a vision for the event. 
I wrote down everybody I know in the in the business community here or, uh, on a on a whiteboard that sits in my office, and I started writing letters and reaching out to people and sending texts and talking it up through the tennis community. And you know, then I had people contacting me saying, "Hey, I want to get involved," and 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 all that. And you know, this it's a learning experience. We're learning a ton, mm-hmm. um, but the level of support and the people reaching out saying like, Hey, I want to help, you know, I I'll sponsor. And I I found you two other people to sponsor Um, has been amazing. I'm sure, you know, like, you know, people like Van Johnson and Mike Jacobson and, and guys like that saying like, Hey, I'll help you however I can. Um, It's, it's been, it's been really humbling in, in a sense, Um, family foundations, like I said, global corporations, you know, local, small local businesses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's so, again, it's so amazing to hear. And uh, July 2nd to the 9th, for anyone in the Southeast Michigan area that wants to come watch at Cranbrook, obviously our Crack Rackets team is so excited to be able to play a part in this event. I won't lie. I'm, uh, I've been fortunate enough to do, you know, WTA 250 in Cleveland and some pretty cool events. I'm more nervous for this than anything else because it'll be like the grandmothers will be there. The cousins will be there. I'm like, I know. Yeah, exactly. So just know we'll be feeling the same tension and we'll have that bond between us the entire time. But Uh, I like it too. I don't know if I'll be more nervous when I'm trying to pull this off or watching my kid play for the state championship or or at Kalamazoo or whatever. Yeah, exactly. It'll it'll be the same feeling, I'm sure, which uh, at least it'll be familiar butterflies you're prepared for. But no, I, I, you know, again, I, I know I saw yesterday the entry list come out and there are some really exciting players. Now, I have a wild card pitch for the doubles team of either Molino and Nagel or to give the people what they really want, Gruskin and Nagel, because we'll put on a show for you. It'll be a quick show as well for all the fans. Um, but talk to me about the field. Talk to me about some of the players we're going to get to see. Yeah, well, look, we're 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 excited. Uh, yesterday, like you said, the entry list came out and and uh, taking a look at it, you know. Well, first of all, we have Kaini Shikori has uh, accepted our main draw wild card, um, which is really exciting. And I think you know he's a name that a lot of people have heard of, and that's been very helpful in selling tickets and getting sponsors interested because. You know, sometimes you're out talking about a tournament like this. If you're not sort of immersed in the world of tennis, you know, they think it's a kids tournament or a bunch of old guys playing or something like that. But you say, no, we have the former world number four U.S. Open finalist coming back from an injury playing, you know, one of the most popular athletes on the planet. It grabs people's attention. So we're very, very excited to have Kay come into Michigan to play. And his team has been been great. Uh, you know, in addition, we've got the Steve Johnsons and Tennis Sandgren, you know, two, uh, you know, I think Steve Johnson was a top 20 player, Sandgren, two-time Australian Open uh, quarterfinalist. We've got Bernard Tomic coming to play, uh, Stefan Kozlov, Jason Jung, a former University of Michigan uh, player, Dennis Kudla, Emilio Gomez, uh, Looks like Ethan Quinn, the NCAA champion, is going to be playing. So the field is going to be, uh, I think, super impressive. And it's a really nice combination of sort of veterans who've accomplished a lot in the game, who are still battling, trying to get back to the top, young up-and-comers, and probably a few guys that 
nobody's ever heard of or that most people haven't heard of that you go wow man that guy's great he may be the next big thing we could have the next Alcaraz in this tournament you know we have a there's a young French player who's around 230 in the world who I know is is very hot right now I can't I can't pronounce his name it's Giovanni something but uh you know I I think that's kind of the excitement of it that's why we love sports is because we like to see how things are going to unfold it's yeah it's unscripted. It's going to be delightful. You mentioned all guys we're familiar with here at Crack Rackets. And yeah, I mean, NCAA champions across the board, right? Stevie, the best college player in history. Ethan Quinn, the most recent NCAA champion. Elliot Spaziri, the 2023 player of the year. And then, yeah, I'm, I mean, Kanye Shikor is coming to Southeast Michigan. Let's go. That is, that's something everyone, that'll put a smile on everyone's face. And, you know, again, it, it's going to be a delightful week of action and, it, it, it's going to be really fun to watch all the tennis unfold. Obviously, we look forward to covering it here at Cracked Rackets. Now, before I let you go, I do want to ask because you're a lifer in tennis, and I just I want to pick your brain a little bit because your passion mm-hmm. is so evident. I know back in the day there were satellite events and things that filtered through southeast Michigan, and I now live in Indianapolis. I know there used to be an ATP 250 event that was here uh, in this city every year as well. Was tennis more prevalent, more available? Not, not not maybe even 20 years ago, but 30 years ago, 40 years ago than it is now in the country, uh, in your opinion? You know, I, I don't, I really don't know. You know, uh, I think... You know, obviously, I grew up in the in the tennis boom of the '70s, and that's when I fell in love with the game with Borg and McEnroe and Connors and 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 guys like that. I think it's probably more accessible now on a professional level because, you know, I only ever watched it on TV, and sure. you know, there was no tennis channel back then. You had to wait for the replay of Wimbledon on NBC or whatever with Bud Collins and uh, Dick Enberg, but. You know, I think it is probably more accessible now. And I think I think that's a good thing. And and, you know, there seem to be more and more of these ITF pro tournaments and challenger tour tournaments popping up. And I think that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. You also had the opportunity to coach a little college tennis in your lifetime. I know you were the volunteer at Detroit Mercy. What was that experience like? And how did that passion in college tennis, how did that experience maybe shape you know, your own? That, that was so great for me. Um, it was during a time in my life when I actually, I had lived in Cleveland. My family was in Cleveland and I was working in Detroit. And it really, it gave me, you know, if you recall, they practiced at Franklin Athletic Club and always early in the morning. So it got me out exercising in the morning. It connected me to different people in the community. I got to coach some really great players who've turned into fine young men who are now friends of mine, who coach my son, who in fact, just last night, my son was out playing doubles with a guy who played at the University of Detroit Mercy, who still plays Davis Cup for Costa Rica. Uh, They were practicing together. So it was really a wonderful experience for me. and, and, And I learned a ton from Grant Asher who was the head coach, uh, and then Aaron Pinen after he left. Piotr Nechevs, who coached the women's team, is is a great friend. So it was really, it was an outstanding experience for me, and it taught me a lot. And, you know, I've done a little bit of coaching on the WTA tour as well. I've coached and still advise Amina Bektis. Uh, Amina had a huge win yesterday 
her first win at a WTA 250. I think she's at a career high of like 150 something right now and have traveled the world with her a little bit uh, and done some coaching and practiced with her a lot and, you know, give her, give her advice. Why she listens to me, I don't know, but you know. <laughs> People assume you're good at one thing, you're good at another. So yeah, no, something must be working. If it was a good win yesterday, and you know, I'm the reason I ask all these things is I'm as I have a theory that, you know, part of the reason I always am gravitate towards college tennis is I just think the passion you see for the sport at that level is greater than the passion you see even at the junior level or the high school level or obviously the professional level just because it's a little bit more individualized and it's hard to sustain no, that degree of I'm passion. With you. Is that fair? I think college tennis is amazing. My my oldest son, who I should give a shout out to, Alex, who's about 29 years old and is helping me put this tournament on. Alex is a tech wizard and a social media wizard and ha is handling all of that stuff for this. And uh, doing an amazing job. He played division two college tennis up in Boston at Bentley university. And then my next son who just graduated from high school is the reigning Michigan, Mr. Tennis and is going to play at Georgia tech. And we're so excited for him uh, to go and continue to develop his game and have the opportunity to play for Kenny Thorne, who's an amazing coach and, and Kevin King down there. So I think it, I think it's a, it's a great thing. And it gives people, whether you keep playing or not, it's really a great launching pad for opportunity in life because it teaches you so much uh, about competing and re resilience and dedication and hard work. I have at my company here, I probably have six or seven former college tennis players on our staff and I have a little bit of a soft spot for them. So. No, I mean, it's that's so exciting to hear. And I, I did see that Owen's going to play at Georgia Tech and yeah, I mean, you only hear positive things about Kenny Thorne, and I, I imagine there will be a flight or two down to Atlanta next season to watch the Yellow Jackets compete for well, you. Well, there's only eight direct flights a day between. The <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's not a connection between Delta hubs or anything. That's no, not an easy no. flight for all of us. But uh, no, it's so exciting to hear. And yeah, I mean, talk to me about the tournament team in particular. You man, you mentioned Alex. I know you have a tournament director as well. Talk to me about the group that helps put this Cranbrook Tennis Classic together. Yeah, well, it, it's it's myself and Alex, and then uh, in about uh, 10 days, Giovanni Lepenti, who's a former player. I think he's won 12 challengers, was uh, maybe 110 in the world, knows everybody in professional tennis from the players of various generations to the coaches. Gio's going to be coming up from Miami uh, to help us. Uh, put the event on, really uh, be our liaison with the players to make sure that it's a great experience for them. Um, I have Steve Hurtawiza and Grant Asher, which are names that you know, they're they're handling the ball boys. I have Pyotr Nechevs is handling the kids clinic. I have a number of people from the community who just kind of raised their hand and said, I'll handle anything. And then I, I'd be remiss not to mention the Cranbrook School who has been incredibly supportive and helpful because, uh, you know, they had to say yes too. And, you know, I kind of wandered into their offices with this crazy idea of having a professional tennis tournament at the school. And they went with me and have trusted me and have provided a ton of support in terms of the infrastructure around this tournament. And 
you know, the vision isn't just to do this once. The vision is to turn this into an annual event and to build it into something that's a little bit more of a celebration of sport, art, and culture and start drawing on those other aspects of Cranbrook and some of the amazing things there. But first, we got to prove we can actually run a tennis tournament. Then we'll we'll keep building on it. No, I'm looking forward to seeing it. And obviously, again, we're immensely grateful here at Cracked Rackets that we're going to get to play any small part in it because obviously, personally, this is my hometown. I mean, I could. Well, we're excited to have you. And, and you know, I, I think we're getting the hometown discount from you guys, too. Yeah, so I mean, look, with my eyes closed, I can drive from the Gruskin house to Cranbrook. <laughs> I, I know I've never done it, but I could. <laughs> um, and so I am very much looking forward to the event. And yeah, I guess my last pitch would be some combination of Ederbeek, Hurtowiz, and Nagel. Three guys who have all been the head coach at Cranbrook. Two of them in the doubles draw. It's going to get a little Maybe creepy. a playoff. Yeah, we'll exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe like a, yeah, a two-point playoff. That's how the legs yeah, well, are going. Well, we're, we're trying to get some good Michigan flavor. I was happy to mm-hmm. see Jason Jung name on the entry list and then, Absolutely. you know, we'll be we'll be back channeling maybe for some wild cards for some other uh Michigan related uh players. Yeah, again, if you if if a million options fail, here's a million one on this side of the mic. <laughs> but like I want to be clear, nowhere earlier than a million one. But um no, again, I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with us, David. Obviously, very much looking forward to the Cranbrook Tennis Classic again, July 9th through the uh, excuse me, July 2nd through the 9th. You can learn more by going to cranbrooktennisclassic.com. David DeMuth, thank you for taking the time to join hey, us. Hey, thank you, and thanks for all that you do to uh, raise the visibility of tennis at all levels, particularly college tennis. Love listening to the broadcasts and the podcasts and all those things. It's it's uh, it's really great what you're doing. Yeah, it is my pleasure. Well, again, be safe, be healthy, and we will see you soon. All right. Take care. Hope all of you enjoyed my conversation with Cranbrook Tennis Classic Tournament Chair and Co-Director David DeMuth. Again, our Cracked Rackets team is so excited to head to this Cranbrook Tennis Classic to be able to cover all the action to bring pro tennis back to my hometown. God, am I excited to be able to play a part in this event. All of you can follow at home. I believe it'll be Mike Cation on the call. Obviously, if you're in the Southeast Michigan area, come by. Come say hello. We're excited as uh, this event continues to approach, and obviously we're excited to be on the grounds as well. With that said, got a lot of other good content for all of you Cracked Rackets fans. If you're looking for French Open coverage, you want to hear from a French Open champion, world number one, head on over, or just scroll down, I should say, in this Cracked Interviews podcast feed. You can hear my conversation with current world number one ATP doubles player, Austin Krejcik. You want to hear more thoughts on all the singles action that occurred, head on over to the mini break podcast feed, final 2023 college tennis season thoughts. You can hear our award shows over on the Great Shot podcast feed. A shout out, as always, to our super producer, Daniel Westoff, for the f*** of an editing job he does day in, day out, making all of our content possible. A shout out as well to our dear friends at Turna. You can find Turna, of course, wherever you shop for your tennis supplies. And last but certainly not least, of course, be sure to check out our coverage of the 2023 USTA SoCal Pro Series. Again, our action picks up Saturday, Sunday. We'll have every championship weekend of the series for you on our Cracked Rackets YouTube channel. Channel. With that said, for our fantastic super producer, Daniel Westoff, our dearest friends at Turner, our spectacular guest and dear friend, Cranbrook Tennis Classic Tournament Chair and Co-Director David DeMuth, and from everyone here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You've been listening to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. Stay safe, stay healthy. Talk to you all soon. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone.